0: Listeners, you're listening to Nightmare Junkhead. Nightmare Junkhead! With Genius McGee and Greg D. I'm Gigi Salt Guerrero from Lucha Gore
1: Productions. Gore is love, baby. And out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that has forever despised the trickle down theory of economics. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're tight rolling our jeans and combing out our mullets as we delve into the mouth of March madness and travel back 30 years to talk the horror classics from our 1991 bracket. And whether or not you are a fan of Tom Petty or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your pogs hole. And don't forget, you can also find us out on social media. We're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk, and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, it is on the Book of Face where we have our bracket. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have access to the bracket, how are you going to play?
0: We have on the Facebook events tab, too. We got shenanigans and bracket shenanigans. So check out the Facebook because you need to play along. Well, and of show course, your work.
1: that is the place to show your work. Mm-hmm. And as we go from the year of 1981, we head into a year that we were talking off mic is kind of a kind of a banner year for Mm. both of us just in terms of where we were at our lives in the year of 1991.
0: The year of 1991!
1: So let's go ahead. We're going to do a little time travel here. Do a little... (laughs) In 1991, I had a most glorious mullet. (laughs) Not only was it really growing, it was very well cultivated. I had a plethora of black heavy metal concert T-shirts of concerts I never went to because I was shopping at a little store called Xanadu Xanadu not quite that musical oh now we're not here yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> but I was in like full-on little metalhead kid mm-hmm. in 1991 as a freshman in high school and uh, like the chicken lady High school was hell. It wasn't the grandest of time.
0: Oh, I thought you were like like the chicken lady. I want to see Tarzan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, sadly, I was on the the, the the lighter side of that. But it was also a time though I was listening to a lot of metal music, but also really watching a lot of horror films at the same time. So very yeah. monumental moment in my life, but genius. We were talking a year before what had happened. Yeah, a
0: year before. like At this time, in about uh, in 91, I was getting into hip-hop and and and, eight and and all that shit, piling around with a new friend called Dustin and uh, Mount Baldy. Thirty-fucking-one years, man.
1: That's a legacy. Yeah. And that's a legacy. That's crazy. And what's great is the fact that a, a lot of our friendships that we have at this point are built around the love of movies. Mm-hmm. Whether it's just palling around, whether it's doing podcasts, it's all built around our love of things, all things genre. Right. And there's something to be said then about, you know, friendships that are built around these films. And 30 years is quite a long time. Yes, it is. As we realized. (laughs) Yes, it
0: is.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny, though, because if you go back within the last few years of our Into the Mouth of March Madness tournament, It's the 1990s that we saw a lot of these films in the theater. Mm -hmm. And the 2000s is when we saw a lot of these films in the theater. Mm -hmm. So I love going back to that time. We're dating ourselves and showing our work. As we always do. (laughs) And speaking of showing work here in the first round, as you know, we uh, like to utilize the entire body here and think both with the heart and with the head. Mm -hmm. So the first bit of criteria we ask is which of the two films is closer to your heart? Closer to the heart. And then, of course, we go up to the head, and we have a bracket topic, Mm -hmm. so we have to think logically, and defend our answers, show our work. Yes. Now, here in the year of 1991. Oh, boy. Some good ones. To say the least, we've got some good ones. We've got films that I guarantee normies have seen. Oh, absolutely. We've got some films that were first-time viewings for both you and I, Mm -hmm. and we've got some films that are also very much... Comfort food, yes. In many aspects, so nineteen ninety one has a wealth of riches, and we're gonna go ahead and start with our going top to bottom with the bracket, and our first bracket topic is called Oscar bait, Mm -hmm. and there are it's interesting that depending on who you talk to on their mood, there are a number of people that will to their dying breath say a certain film is not horror because if it's a horror film. It's not a good movie. It's not a true film.
0: That's malarkey and garbage. That's what that is. This is proof positive that you can have horror for the masses.
1: Absolutely. And both of our films... Get out of here with that thriller (laughs) bullshit. It it is horror. It's horror. horror. It's horror. It can be horror adjacent, but it's horror. Yeah. But both of these horror films would definitely be Oscar bait in any year regardless. Mm -hmm. We have both... The Silence of the Lambs, Mm -hmm. and Cape Fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh boy. Which of the two shall we delve in first there, Genius? Let's do Cape Fear. Okay. Let's do Cape Fear. I didn't think here on the podcast we would ever be able to, without stretching the definition of a horror film, to talk about Martin Scorsese- but it's quite obvious you totally can mm-hmm. with the remake of Cape Fear. A remake yes. of a horror movie. Now let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the original? No, I have not. It is, and I've seen that for me as well, mm-hmm. which I know so much about it. Um, and I know
0: Robert Mitchum is scary, and I've seen clips, and like, here's this chussel man. Threatening you, of
1: course it's going gonna, it's gonna to be scary. He's fucking. <laughs> but let me ask you this: even before seeing having known of the original, I think you, like many others, were probably introduced by what particular sitcom? Oh yeah, The Simpsons. That's
0: what I was telling you off mic, man. Simpsons kind of ruined the movie for me because, like, I love this movie. This movie's sweet, but upon this watch, when he comes out from underneath the car, I was waiting for him to go. <laughs> <laughs> but since it's De Niro, it'd be like. Fuck. Psh, fuck.
1: Fuck. Psh, fuck. Fuck,
0: psh, fuck. De
1: Niro in this movie. With is, his accent, with his twang? He's
0: frightening. He's fucking scary, dude. And he's a goddamn diddler. He's a goddamn diddler.
1: They updated the film to 1980s, 90s standards, aesthetic, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I know enough of. um robert mitchum's original performance no it was definitely sinister and sleazy but de niro just the transformation he went physically right i mean those first instances instances when we see him with the tattoos i remember seeing this back in 1991 when the sight of a tattoo made me think street tough and it's <laughs> freaked me out so i see that and i'm immediately taken back to that but then like you said his his accent the beating of Ileana Douglas. That was rough. It's that was horrid.
0: That was super uncomfortable. Because I was like, oh, it's Eileen. I, I like Eileen Douglas a love lot. Her. Love her. She's fucking great. Scorsese staple. Right? She's great in everything. And then here she's bubbly and cute. And even though there's nothing going on, there's still like that undertones. And he takes total advantage of her. And then just
1: fucking balls her. And it's rough. Well, Max Katie. I mean, everything is a means to an end. Because in this essence, Cape Fear is a revenge film
0: where an odd revenge film in a way because he, even though he did serve his time he thinks that he did get unserved mm-hmm. fairly mm-hmm. so he's getting revenge trying to fuck up Nick
1: Nolte and it's just like <laughs> well <laughs> and let's we get to talk Nick Nolte mm-hmm. we very rarely get to talk Nick Nolte Nick Nolte <laughs> just and this is also right before i think the time he's the one I was oh, se- people's sexiest man of the year right and now he's like I just want a restraining order that's oh, that too much to ask <laughs> you know actually if you look at the cast of this movie that's the one thing rewatching watching at this time that stood out top to fucking bottom I felt like Rick Dalton and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood just go, oh mm-hmm. look who that is mm-hmm. look who that is it's Jordan Baker I know. Play the detective. Baker.
0: Fucking play the private eye. That was the greatest fucking thing. Watching the credits. I'm watching the credits. I didn't even realize this. I maybe saw this bad. The last time I saw this fucking movie was like 95. Exactly. So like, and even then I kind of dismissed it because like it takes its time. It's an adult film.
1: Th- that's just it. I was bored the first time I saw it back around that time.
0: Right, it's an adult film. It, you need to understand the the subtext and shit. Yes. When you find out that he's a diddler and he's fucking a, a smart, like fucking brilliant and savage yes, fucking person, and you don't see that when you're like nine, in 91, you're wanting like blood and guts and gore. You don't want to take the time to like the third act until you get blood and guts and gore. Oh yeah. And so I dismissed it, but watching this, I was first of all I was blown away, but at the beginning, oh. 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 Joe Don Baker oh, and Robert Ma- and Gregory Peck. What the fuck? What the fuck? And then sure enough, and they all brought it. Fucking Joe Don Baker was great. He's like, I'd advise you guys just to go on home, you know, and it's just, <laughs> just get on out. Right. And then that confrontation, those two had when like Joe Don Baker, and Robert De Niro are going fucking nose to nose. That was great. Grand. That was fucking gold.
1: I was I was really hoping a two by four would make its appearance. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sadly we didn't get that. Now also uh, Jessica Lang, who I've let's I've always crushed on for mm-hmm. the longest time. Mm-hmm. But the standout again for me was Juliet Lewis. She was great. She's always good, and within the next few years, she would have natural born killers on her resume. Mm-hmm. From uh, Dusk Till Dawn. California. <laughs> and uh, even, I think, watching it the first time as a young man, that seduction scene. <laughs> oh,
0: so skeezy. It still unsettles. It's super unsettles <laughs> it's,
1: because he knows
0: exactly what he's doing. And he's not only doing it because he's a goddamn diddler. He's doing it still as captive. a revenge yes. diddle.
1: Everything is a means to an end yeah. to get to Nick
0: Nolte. And the fact that he already beat the shit out of Elena Douglas Imagine Uh, what he's going to do to Juliette Lewis. Oh, oh, you know. So it's like, and she's fucking falling over hook, line and sinker. And that's like, and the scary thing about that is that's like from, from all from, that's probably how it works. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, unfortunately, so it's like real life horror. Oh, and because if you have someone who despises you so much and they have nothing to do on their hands, but to like plot revenge, mm -hmm, you
1: know, mm mm-hmm. God damn! It's frightening. It's frightening. And that's the one thing as well, is this film is very much real-life horror, as both of the films in this bracket are. Uh, Now, final thoughts on Cape Fear before we head on over to Silence of the Lambs.
0: (laughs) As as despicable as Max Cady is.
1: Well, and we've, I think there have been multiple times where we have talked about you the theatrical experience right, and your reactions in that theatrical experience i can't,
0: I can't hate on him i can hate on him for smoking the cigar because that's just ill form in the movie theater right but like if something truly is funny i, I, I can't hate on max katie for that if he's genuinely enjoying this fucking buster keaton movie or whatever the fuck they're watching you know i mean and you know what even if the movie is not sometimes I mean, for all intents and purposes, he could be watching the Poughkeepsie tapes. You know what I'm saying? And so fucking, and then he's like,
1: because <laughs> it happens. It happens. I guarantee someone at Panic Fest that you had <laughs> that Cape Fear moment with you and they're like, dude, there's Max Katie <laughs> laughing at the Poughkeepsie tapes. What is wrong with that guy? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and it was, listen, we are all about theater etiquette here on the show. Oh, definitely we're about theater etiquette. Definitely. Really. Our... You're all next. <laughs> yes, you're next. You're all next. But, but. Watching that scene as well, just still gave me anxiety because, like, oh, if there was someone like that in the theater right now, I'd just lose my mind. So Max came. Meanwhile,
0: me and me and you are sitting next together, and I'm the one in the theater.
1: <laughs> Trust me, I'm aware of it, my friend. That's when you'll see I'll slink into my seat like a frightened turtle.
0: <laughs> Where'd Greg go? He's right here. Well, speaking of frightened
1: turtles, let's talk Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> I saw that movie in the theater with my parents. And that me scene, too, me that, too, scene me too. that scene,
0: that scene, me too, me too.
1: this movie led to uh, more questions. Rather, yep. You know what? The, two years beforehand in Batman, I, I asked my mom what an enema was. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. And with Silence of the Lambs, I had so many questions yep. about multiple MIGs, about that moment. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, though, the movie freaked me out and it scared me to the point I had my dad, no joke, search the house before i would go inside for
0: hannibal lecter
1: for any for right, buffalo bill i don't care right and i was so unnerved throughout the entirety of that movie i don't know what i was doing in the theater i was with my parents they brought me mm-hmm. but that just shows you i mean i saw you know uh, first blood part two in the theater i saw robocop in the theater so
0: violence is no big deal nudity is no big deal but when
1: it's fucking buffalo bill it's a big deal and when it's an adult horror film yeah yes it is it's, an, it's a big deal and this movie, it has it's one I always look forward to revisiting. Mm-hmm. The Howard Shore score is... Top fucking ha- notch. Haunting. Yeah. Everything about this movie just screams classy. And it's those movies that, again, my parents know this one. My dad has seen this film. Yeah, Silence he, of the Lambs is
0: fucking universal. The
1: normies know this. Uh, so you also saw it in the theater?
0: I had a very similar experience, but a very... Vastly different experience. So in the theater, my mom took me to go see it, and it kind of lost me at the park because it's very like it's a cerebral film. Because I still had questions like, what did that guy throw on her? You know, when he went to the jail, and she's like, the um, f- food from lunch, right? Because I'm 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 like 14. I, I, no, no, I'm way younger than 14, and, I, and I, math is hard. So 12, I think. You're 11 or 12 at that point. Or 12. Yeah. So. <laughs> So then I'm like, okay, so I'm kind of like, I'm not understanding what's going on, but I know this is some dark shit. And and so as it goes on, I'm like waving in and out and in and out because it's like adult, but yet there's enough interesting things. And Hannibal Lecter was creepy. But when all of a sudden, would you fuck me? I fuck, I'm like, what is he doing? And then like it keeps going on a little bit further. Goodbye, horses. Right. And then he's like, and I'm like, what's happening? My mom's like, just don't look. she like, just, just, just I'll the, talk to you the later. Hand I'll over talk, the eye? Yeah. We'll, we'll figure out later. Right. And I'm like, and meanwhile, I'm like, what? I'm just like, what's going on? I'm in, I'm in, <laughs> engrossed. And so from then on, I was full on that movie. I was just like, and then it just, cause it gets darker and darker and violent and like, crazy shit goes on in this movie and especially it blew my mind and to this day i fucking love that movie and of course it's because it, it all comes back to you're a big great, big, big fat person sure. right and so like it all comes back to buffalo bill <laughs> just, the, the, he's the main villain of the movie people forget everybody says hannibal lecter hannibal yeah. lecter it's not hannibal lecter is the villain it's fucking bill
1: and the gentleman that plays him is he's in heat He's in Monk? I can't watch monk. I cannot because you know how things get ruined for me if I
0: get a joke in my head, right? And so like I can't watch monk or anything with Ted Levine anymore without taking it. Fucking there is a um a Denzel Washington seventies movie I can't remember, um, where Ted Levine plays the officer and I'm like go get him, he's a great big person and it just ruined it for me, right? Fucking monk I can't see because like Hey, Monk, would you fuck me? And Tony Shalhoub is like kind of backing away. i hey, fuck me? Right? I can't. I can't. That's what goes in my mind. So I can't watch those shows because the show is ruined. The show is just ruined.
1: I don't want to say it's ruined. I'd rather say it's enhanced.
0: <laughs> Not what it's supposed to be. Serious. And I'm over there picturing the sergeant like fucking doing a fruit basket, fucking dancing around in front of the
1: mirror. So it's like <laughs> I say that enhances it. Well, you, know you know what? what?
0: I, I honestly I yeah, you're probably right. It depends on or, the
1: or I should say makes it more memorable. Yes, it does.
0: <laughs>
1: but it's that specific thing, it's those <laughs> memorable things that make the impression that infest and infect everything else. But mean, it's still something you still giggle but you you're for, you're in your forties, my friend. And you still giggle like you were in your teens.
0: Every time Goodbye Horses comes on. Fucking, I, I have that song. First of all, it's a good song. It, it is, is a good song. Because, like, it's on my playlist in my car. So every now and then, every now and then, I'll be driving down and I'm running. In here, Goodbye, horses. Right? I'm just hoping that I'm, like, broken down one day and I need help. And, like, somebody's like, you need some help? Goodbye. <laughs> like, I've seen this movie.
1: In this <laughs> Either that or an American girl.
0: Right? <laughs> oh,
1: my goodness gracious. No, there are multiple moments. <laughs> and with Jonathan Demme directing, uh, also having directed uh, Talking Heads Stop Making Sense, uh, I recently watched Caged Heat for the first time last year. Ooh. more It's such a watchable women-in-prison film, which I know it sounds weird, and I'm watching it going, wow, I mean, it's a women-in-prison movie, but uh-huh. Jonathan Demme adds these little touches and... That makes the movie above what it really should be. And I think that's the elevated status of this movie. Mm -hmm. And the reason why people don't want to admit that it is a horror film.
0: Hannibal, first of all, it's 100% a horror film. Because it has a person who is killing people and skinning people to make a suit being hunted by a fucking cannibalistic psychotherapist serial killer so if that's not horror if it's that two serial killer against each other that's that's not horror that's i don't know what it is and anthony hopkins is scary as shit in this just his cadence his calm demeanor and the fact that you never know when he's gonna bite your fucking face off and he kills that uh genre favorite uh charles like the, napier yeah we're like oh it's him, it's that guy right and like next thing you know he's like he took his face <gasps> off and so, it was brilliant. it's brilliant. It's wonderful.
1: I remember I'm having
0: an old friend for dinner.
1: <gasps> that's the moment when I was watching it in the theater that it, I was Dr. Lecter. He's out there. Dr. Lecter. I I was, I was unnerved and the movie to this day, I watched it in the theater probably about three years ago and it's still haunting and affecting the entire basement sequence. Oh,
0: shit. That is terrifying.
1: Oh, just when he's reaching out to her. And you can just, <sighs> like, he's, like, just touching her aura. And it's just, like, <laughs> oh, oh,
0: oh, oh, creepy.
1: Truly, truly terrifying. Um, Now, final thoughts on Silence of the Lambs before we take these two to task. I, I don't know if I can say anything
0: else that it hasn't already been said. And if, if I do, it's going to wind up back to Buffalo Bill. So <laughs>
1: I think we're good. Well, as much as we adored both of these films, and especially both of the viewings, only one can advance into the next round. Mm-hmm. So, our first bit of criteria here, Genius, which of the two is closer to your heart?
0: Oh, absolutely fucking Silence of the Lambs. I mean, when I'm at the same time, I saw both movies, like, around the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was bored with one and engrossed with the other. So, at that end, young age, I gotta go with Silence of the Lambs.
1: Totally makes sense, and because now had i seen cape fear in the theater i think it would add a little bit more weight but i also with that memorable theatrical experience the sense of confusion fear sexual awakening you never know (laughs) launch a thousand fetish (laughs) absolutely to this day when i think of silence of the lambs i think of that moment so for me that truly is closer to my heart now that being said the Bracket topic was Oscar bait. Mm-hmm. Now that can be interpreted a number of ways. So that being said, genius, which one do you put? Fo- which one do you vote for on that?
0: On paper, you have more um, who should be Oscar caliber, and then they do, and they are Oscar caliber in this movie. But fucking Silence of the Lambs won. Silence of the Lambs won multiple Oscars, and proving that horror can win an Oscar and horror can. Like, before normies, you know, look at Shape of Water, you know? Everybody's like, oh, that's the first R-rate. Well, it's the first creature feature that won a fucking Oscar, but it's right. not the first horror movie that won an Oscar.
1: Well, and uh, again, this is why I think one of the original ideas for a bracket topic was like horror slash thriller with a question mark because th- people do not want to call these movies horror films. And they're totally horror films. And, they, and then like even Cape Fear, that's a fucking
0: stalker. And yeah. he's already...
1: Killed a few people. By the time he's burned in the end, he looks like a monster. Oh, yeah.
0: He looks like that's his audition tape for Frankenstein.
1: Is it? I don't know. Okay. (laughs) It's like, no, that actually would work. That Mm -hmm. would totally work. Now, I kind of went with Oscar bait. I actually looked at the caliber of the cast with Cape Fear. Mm -hmm. If you look just in terms of the Oscar wins nominations between the cast, it would overlap that of Silence of the Lambs. But I'm going to go literal with this one because it won Best Picture. Best Actor, Best Actress, Best Director, Best Sound Mixing, Best Film Editing, Best Adapted Screenplay. God damn! It's ridiculous. It <laughs> God is damn. ridiculous. Now, not saying that it's a better film than Cape Fear, but by a score of 4 to 0...
0: Would you advance
1: me? I'd advance me. I <laughs> all, advance the way, me so hard. all the way into the Scream 16. Oh, goodness gracious. That would have actually probably been... A pretty big upset had Cape Fear overtaken oh, Silence yeah. of the Lambs. I
0: would have called shenanigans. <laughs> you would have called shenanigans. <laughs> well,
1: shenanigans actually are appropriate with our next bracket topic, because if there is one thing that has been proven throughout the entirety of the podcast, is that Scurry is Scary. Absolutely. Tiniest S- Terror. And we have two films that are representations of Scurry is Scary, and they happen to be the third entry. So this is Scurry yeah. Scary 3. The Reckoning. The, oh, the, oh, I like. Uh, would it be The Reckoning or The Scurrying? Mm. Electric Scuraloo? You no, know, that's two. That's
0: two. Oh, yeah, you're right. So it'd have to be, if it's three, The Something.
1: Season of the Scurry? There we go. There we go. Well, we are looking at Child's Play Three and Critters Three. Mm-hmm. And I think, let us go ahead. Which one should we start with and talk first? Let's do Critters Three. Critters 3. The entirety of the Critters franchise, the fact that this is the third film mm-hmm. of a scurriest scary, you know, series. Right. And it should be noted, I think Critters 2 might be in terms of the tombstone of movie movies that will appear on your tombstone. Oh
0: yeah, Critters 2 is on the Magic mixtape. I mean, Critters 2 is right fucking there along with UHF and No Holds Barred. That's those are three movies that I, I just are Burned into my brain So when th- Critters 3 was announced to DVD Or VHS at the time I should say um, I was stoked I was fucking stoked I remember going to the blockbuster And like hey is Critters 3 in yet No come back next week Okay Is Critters 3
1: in yet Yes it is Yes yeah! Yes. So do you remember, then, your initial viewing?
0: Oh, fuck yeah. I was at my grandma's house. We just got back from Blockbuster, and I put the tape in, and I watched it, and it's the further adventures of Charlie the Bounty Hunter, and I'm like, yes, yes, and they mentioned Grover's Band, and I'm like, yeah, you know? I was excited. I, I was... A little disappointed because it wasn't as good as Critters too. Mm-hmm. It was diminishing returns, but at the same time, it's Critters and it's it's, it's kind Christ. of Critters in the city. Yeah, and it's I believe it takes place in Topeka because all the license plates yes. say Kansas on it, and and it's the old school. I remember it's the old school ones because was the white one with the blue and the yellow lettering on it. And that because that probably see it somewhere probably around here the, right? exactly. So I remember, and like I said during this initial viewing, like uh, I mean this last viewing. There was a part when the the, the the neighbor gets shot in the ass with one of the crite needles. And she's like, ha, 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 when she's going up the stairs. And I, I remember that sound and that scene so vividly. I, it's just one of those kind of like, ha, 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 ha. So, no, it's not as good as Critters 2, but no Critters movie will be as good as Critters 2. No, and I'm, and that goes for the original for me as well. I mean, like...
1: Well, the the series and the franchise itself is established in Kansas. In fact, there's um a lot of those websites that'll show you, like, movies associated with states. And Critters is right there. Right there. This was a first-time viewing for me. Mm-hmm. And I knew enough about it. Did you do the Leonardo DiCaprio point when it was Leonardo DiCaprio? I, if I would have touched the screen, I would have become like a Ron <laughs> Silver mutation from Time Cop... <laughs> It was very nice because I actually just also, for the first time, watched The Quick and the Dead.
0: Another great Leonardo DiCaprio, underseen Sam Raimi movie. That's a great fucking movie and a great fucking Western. And a
1: great performance as DiCaprio. So when I saw this the first time as well, I mean, you can see that there is something to him. Mm -hmm. That he almost elevated this, the material itself. He's got that it. He's got that zazz. He does. And the fact that now he also, like... Many actor before him has his genre roots, Mm -hmm. where he is with many monsters, scurrying is scary. And I'm like, it's DiCaprio, how wonderful. But I did like the urban setting, I'm not going to lie. The practical puppets still work very well. Yeah. But.
0: It's not Mick No. It's not Mick It
1: really isn't. This is uh, directed by uh, Christine Peterson. And there's just, there is diminishing return, but let's also face it. When you're into the third film,
0: mm-hmm. and you're going, at this point in time, direct to VHS was not a good sign. You know, it wasn't a good sign at all. Right.
1: And also, I did like the fact that they did change the scenery. Mm-hmm. Had we had another kind of rural setting, although with Critters, I think they set a little bit well in that setting.
0: They set better when they but, have more room to play. Yeah. Like Gremlins.
1: This almost felt like Assault on Critters 13. It did. Yeah, cr- in the, critter's tenement. I, I, and that's what it, that's what I kind of felt with it. And, but here's the problem though, as I kept going back to Troll with this movie because mm-hmm. that also set in an apartment building. Yeah, kind of a tiny terror, and even with the power of DiCaprio, I just still is just. Uh, but the Kyoto's also the design, the effects work very, very good mm-hmm. as as they always do. But this one, I think, also a little bit more diminishing returns. Oh,
0: absolutely, I will one hundred percent agree with that. Uh, Like I said, I still enjoyed it on this watch. I was like, this is a fun little monster because, you know, I love I love little critter movies, you know, like like things that are run around because they give me the willies. Right. Plus, it's Fucking Christ. It's 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 Christ. And I love Christ. Like I have three of the critters shirts from Atomic Cotton because like a couple of them got worn out. So like not saying that critters is my franchise, but it's one of them.
1: Well, you know, and here's the thing: for me, it wasn't, you know, an hour and a half wasted. Mm-hmm. It was actually just a nice way to fill in my critters gap. Yeah, and
0: <laughs> well, no, it's sincere. Well, no, that just sounds funny. I got, I got a critters gap. You got to need to go to the doctor for that
1: one. Yeah, you put on a special list for that. Right, as it turns needles out
0: needles everywhere.
1: It's just, again a thousand fetishes that <laughs> were launched. <laughs> but it is your relationship to these movies, those first time viewings, especially for you. This one wasn't something that you could see in the theater Mm -hmm. but you still sought it out yeah because that's the kind of fiend you were back in the day (laughs) um no for me i think if i would have seen it back when it came out i would have probably enjoyed it a bit more because especially with dicaprio being the kind of the the audience surrogate the kids surrogate for the most part yeah i think that would have worked a little bit better for me but again nothing wasted with that now that being said child's play three and let me just say this i i really like the child's play franchise Um, I really dig Curse and Cult. Yeah, of Chucky, legitimately, I have more probably with Don Mans Don Mancini. I'm on his side, especially with the Child's Play rights issues that are going on right now. But also, really enjoyed the remake.
0: Yeah, yeah, me too. Would you say that? Um, because I haven't, I have yet to seen Curse and Cult, but would you say that maybe? Child's Play has kind of like a Jason theorem where like the even numbers. Yeah. Well, th- I dug too. I dug fucking uh, bride, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I heard cults good.
1: Yeah. Well, and also I think kind of like with the Friday franchise, it's very diverse in terms of the way you could like triple featured or what have you. Yeah. Um, because the first three very much are kind of the Andy saga. Mm-hmm. You then the serious sh- one, You're very the siri- serious well,
0: in a Chucky way.
1: But you also kind of see what I liked with is the evolution of Chucky, a la Brad Dourif in his voice work, uh, Kevin Yeager in the special effects work, because mm-hmm. that's really what this movie, much like a Critters, is all built around. Yeah, and unlike Critters three, this one did get a theatrical release, but this was a uh, majority of it was shot up in when. Worth, Missouri, I believe,
0: at the at the, at the army the, base, the army base, yeah.
1: So they re- we still kind of a it's weird, a, should, it's a weird Midwest. We should have a regional kind of thing, yeah. At the, that's, we, we Midwest we, monsters. We're still staying with scary, scary three, but <laughs> typhon Midwest, Midwest monsters. <laughs>
0: that that's what it is. That's what it is.
1: Now, I will say, I did like the fact that they advanced the age of Andy, so he's a little bit older. Mm-hmm. The military academy setting was fine for me because it is a definite change of pace, um, but beyond that, when Chucky wasn't around, I really wasn't invested with the characters.
0: I kind of was. Okay, first of all, let me ask you this. Did you see this in the theater? I did not. I did.
1: Oh, okay. okay. I did. It's going to
0: make a difference. I was I was excited. I liked, y- I liked one. I really liked two, and so I wanted to go see three in the theater, and I remember going, you know what, that was pretty good. Wasn't great, but it was good. I enjoyed it, and I have the same feelings now. I mean, like, um, I really fucking dug Bride, but this one in between two and Bride, this mm-hmm. three, it's not like it fell behind the cracks, but it just seemed like it, it, it was kind of like almost it was trying to go for a shift in tone, what they did with part three of Nightmare, where it was still kind of funny, but then the kills were serious and shit, mm-hmm. but it didn't. Play that right, cause like you have the garbage guy getting destroyed. Although when he put the live ammo in the paintball it was fucking hilarious and fucking awesome, right? Oh, that but, was
1: that was rough. <laughs> yeah,
0: I was waiting for like the platoon, right? But <laughs> but he was still cracking wise and still and and, and the, the other protagonist, the other little kid, was kind of a shit. And so I wasn't like rooting for him, you know? I was rooting more for Andy, even though Andy was almost it was his story, but everybody else was still yeah not interplaying correctly well
1: i think this is about the time that we did get kind of the the franchise fatigue with this where you're just you can only rinse and repeat even if it's in a different area i will say this i really like brad Dourif's work in this one yeah this one was really good i think his chucky performance at this point is probably one of the stronger ones uh, even if it is some of the lamer lines
0: he's the star of the show yeah i mean he really really is and he's carrying this movie
1: Well, and also the the, the special effects work as well, I thought were... And actually the ending with the carnival, which... Out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. I mean, they set it up that it's, isn't that beautiful?
0: Right. But at the same time, it's like, okay, carnival. I I dig it, I dig it. That's
1: just it. It worked for me because Mm -hmm. we've also seen um, the ghoulies in the the carnival setting, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of lends itself. But also then the level of gore with Chucky himself as he basically falls apart and then the end thing i like that that's Mm -hmm. what and even comparing the two of critters three and child's play three obviously one theatrical one to home to video you're gonna have a major you know difference in budget Well,
0: and it shows i mean it really really does but because the special effects in three child's play three are actually really good pretty good the 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 kills are fun Mm -hmm. they're mean Mm -hmm. um and they're bloody and gory and it, it it's it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Like you said, like you said with Crater's 3, I didn't feel like my time was wasted. Now if I had to choose between 2 and 3 on both of these movies, I'm going to choose 2.
1: Well, both of them feature beef in one way or the other. Exactly.
0: Exactly. The Garrett Graham double feature.
1: <laughs> I'll definitely go with that, but listen, uh, that is again Not to say that either of these were were bad rewatches. Again, one was a first time viewing, one was a rewatch. Both, again, very worth my time. But only one can go into the round of the Scream 16. So, genius, which of the two, Child's Play 3 or Critters 3, is closer to your heart?
0: I saw Child's Play 3 and I really wanted to see Child's Play 3. But I really wanted to see Critters 3. And I wasn't disappointed with Critters 3. So, I'm going to go Critters 3. That's my youth franchise and I'm, st- I'm going on that hill.
1: And I'm looking at that because when I, especially if it's a first time viewing for me, it's tough to judge the nostalgia. Mm-hmm. But I can't always look at the nostalgia of the franchise. Uh, so with Critters 3, th- there's a lot with the Critters franchise. Um, but Child's Play as well is very close to the heart. So with this one, I'm going to go ahead and say Child's Play 3 only because of, I just, I think I enjoy the Child's Play franchise more. And that's just how I'm basing it right now on nostalgia. So Mm -hmm. that's my my choice there. But from the heart to the head... Our bracket topic was Scurry is Scary 3, so how do you interpret it? What is your uh, vote on this one, genius? First of all, fuck Chucky, all right? Because, like, he's a killer doll,
0: and yeah, if he sneaks up on it. But I'm savvy enough to know, like, if there's a doll and I think he's moving around, I'm going to fucking lock him in the closet or do something bad. He's not going to pull that, like, I'm Chucky, want to play? I'm a regular doll, right? I promise I won't hurt you, right? So I'm not fucking afraid of Chucky. But if I'm living in an apartment building and there's rats... And those rats turn out to be carnivorous rats. And those carnivorous rats can turn out to be like shoot porcupine needles at you and poison you and kill you. Fucking fuck no. So I'm going to go for scary, scary. If I had to face off between Chucky and a whole bunch of Christ, even one fucking crite, I'm going to take my chances with Chucky. So
1: that is totally critters.
0: Three is my vote.
1: Well, and when I was looking at this, uh, there were images of Chucky has really never been frightening for me or scary. Um, only because uh, again doll size doll parts blah 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 but there are moments when you get to see him run when you realize it's not a puppet but a little person and they do this forced perspective that always is very scary for me so it's always kind of worried me but there is something again like you said ankle high terror is terrifying because one way or another that's almost too small to see but at the same time can do damage. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of scurry that is scary. So by a count of three votes to one, this might be a uh, this potential- This be upset.
0: There's going to be a whole bunch of people pissed off.
1: <laughs> but Critters 3 is scurrying its way into the round of the Scream 16. Like I said, I'm going to stand on it and I'm going to die on that <laughs> That's fair, my friend. That is fair. Now, our next bracket topic is a comparison of two films where their source is the same- but the tone is different, mm-hmm. totally different, but this is the round where we're going to be craven some craven, and we are going to be paying tribute to the late, great Wes Craven Yep, with two films, one extrapolated from the original source. Craven adjacent. And then one that is just pure craven. We are mm-hmm. talking f- the Freddy's Dead, The Final Friday, the, the, final, the, the,
0: the, the, the Final Nightmare, Freddy's Dead, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. The,
1: Six. <laughs> Freddie's dead. Let's just leave it with.
0: <laughs>
1: do the fuck up. <laughs> and then, of course, the people under the stairs. <laughs> Amber. We're all just a bunch of fools. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> everybody plays the fool. No, since there's people in there, everybody plays the fool. Oh, boy. So, which. Because he's, <laughs> he's Roach.
1: And it made me some peanut butter on there as well. Yikes. Which of the two shall we delve into first?
0: Ooh, let's do people. Okay. Let's do people.
1: Kaka! <sighs> <laughs> i remember seeing the trailer for the people under the stairs and not knowing what i was looking at what i was viewing and i think because that i bypassed it in the theater didn't see it until vhs now you're giving me a look by any chance did you see this in the theater oh
0: fuck yeah i saw this in the theater i was stoked too first you brought your freddie now he brings you the people under the stairs. The name alone is scary as shit. And the fact that you have this dilapidated house poster with, like, fucking skull in it. Yes. And, like, you know that it's
1: fucking Wes Craven. And you assumed, much like I did, the bad guys were the people under the stairs, correct? Yeah. I didn't, didn't know his mom and dad gift mask. Oh my goodness! I didn't realize that it was just this, you know, satirical take on Reaganomics, mm-hmm. on us versus them. Oh my goodness! Gentrification, mm-hmm. uh, no, and it shouldn't be a surprise, especially given Wes Craven's very much intellectual background. But this is overt because a lot of his
0: like it's, n- it, it's subtext. Yeah. yeah,
1: this is this is
0: overt text. This is like <laughs> hey, and and highlighted.
1: And it's pure, almost like unhinged, unadulterated Craven, which is why I absolutely love this movie, love the rewatch, but sadly, just its relevance to current day
0: politics. I mean. That's the scariest part about it. It's not the people. It's not the crazy mom and dad, although they're fucking terrifying. It's how this shit is still happening in real life. Well, maybe not the get. Well, yeah, the get mask. Definitely the get
1: mask. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But now rewatching it, my appreciation of Everett McGill and Wendy Roby as man and woman mm-hmm. is just woman, mommy, mommy, m- mommy. Get him, daddy. And, Get him, father. And that whole thing does come from that Reagan used to call Nancy mommy. It's, mommy,
0: mommy. Well, the politicians still do. Mike Pence calls his wife mother.
1: Should that be our first indication that there if is a? If give- they remade
0: it, if they remade it, yes, there is a. You know, there's a gift mask in Hell, the fucking Pence e- house.
1: Everett McGill now with his white mane, he could,
0: he could totally- be Mike Pence. They could oh. do. They could do. They could do uh, the ballots under the stairs, right? Because that's where all the. <laughs> don't be a
1: fool don't be a
0: fool I, we're gonna stop right there we're showing show of positivity and... but
1: but but that's something i think wes craven could appreciate get the shotgun mother oh my <laughs> okay good let's giggle because when i did finally see this movie ah. And the gimp mask in the gimp suit comes out. That was
0: another fucking that was another fucking question in the theater. Like, like <laughs> what? like, just like silence. I was like, hey, what? why does he what's 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 all that? And fortunately, my mom, she still doesn't know. Right. i like not that she goes, I, I don't know. I guess it's just his mask. And I was like, OK, well, it's scary, you know, and then and then growing up watching it. So there used to be this show called Sabado Gigante, right? It was this five-hour game, five-hour Mexican game show. And um, there we go. You're good, you're good. It was a five-hour Mexican game show that only came on Saturdays. It basically translated to Giant Saturday, right? And they had all these different, like, bastardized versions of American game shows. And um, the commercials, like, I see it's on Los Delco. I see it's like Captain Crunch, Crunch Crunch Berries, right? And just all these different things. One of the game shows was, like, a gong show-esque show. And it had these contestants come out and they would like sing songs or do little acts. Right. But the guy, the, instead of a gong, it was this dude in a gimp mask and a gimp cloak,
1: <laughs> a cloak.
0: Yeah. Like he looked like it, it, if a clan outfit was gimpified. Right. Oh my. Right. And his name was Chakal. Right. And he had a trumpet and whatever, like you were going to get gonged. He would get right up in your face was he a
1: mexican sandman
0: yes he was a mexican sandman and like he would come out and it was the gift mask right and so <laughs> like Así Pedro Infante. i mean and he was mean about it too <laughs> like there was times where he wouldn't even give fuckers a chance they were like uh, right i would crack fuck up i would watch the show just for that it was so great. So when he came out, when Ruben McGill came out with the gift mask, right? And I'm like, I was waiting for... Right? And so when I asked Mom, like, what's that? Like, what is the gift mask? He's like, oh, probably just his mask. Because we're we're used to that in a different context.
1: Uh, that's his son. <laughs> 1991 probably brought out a lot of weird feelings for you in the theater, my friend. Dude, some of the
0: gigantes is the shit. So when we post this, we need to find a gift for, of Chacal. And like,
1: right? Well, I'm glad you had that context because I had none. I didn't know what a gimp suit was. I was just, I again, I assumed this was just some weird Wes Craven, Freddy Krueger s kind of character, right? which technically is kind of. Um, but again, my 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 re my rewatch this time again, just Young Ving Rhames showing up, AJ Langer, Bill Cobbs, yeah, uh, just a number. Kelly Joe Minter. Yeah. Which I was so happy to see her. There Me too. Are, there are so many of those. You know what? 1991 is, the, the entire year is the the Rick Dalton pointing because there are so many people I forgot were in these movies.
0: And then Sean Whalen. Sean I mean, Whalen. Roach. Iconic. Iconic. Because if you say, or just go, right, they're like, oh, Roach, right? It's, people know. People know.
1: Also, special shout out to Brenton Quentin Adams. cool yes,
0: Fool was so good. He goes, "Man, your your daddy's one weird mother. Your no mother is one, one weird, weird mother. mother. <laughs> Such a good line." And he didn't make much more after that. Or let me. I'm I'm checking the IMDb right now. He was in Mighty Ducks. Uh huh. He
1: was also in Oh
0: holy shit, he was a voice in Kingdom Hearts too. I didn't play that. Oh shit, he played Rye. Oh no way. Okay. I
1: assume you've played that?
0: I do. I fucking love the Kingdom Hearts series. Uh, he was in Fresh Pants. He was Oh, he was in Rock?
1: Oh dude Rock was the shit. Oh. Remember so... that show Rock? Oh hell yeah, I remember that. Hell yeah.
0: So, yeah, no. But he hasn't done anything since uh, Kingdom Hearts. That's okay. Well, you know
1: what? Even if he just had this role... It's memorable. Everybody it's, knows a Fool. Everyone plays The Fool. Mm-hmm. And hmm And just maybe also the fact that recently, having watched Deadly Games, I would love now just like maybe a modern retelling of Fool, Tomas, and Kevin McAllister.
0: Dude, it would be like fucking... And get the girl from The Visitor. It would be Hell like fucking yeah. Bloody Birthday. Dude, it would be the shit... It would be the fucking. It would be the devil times five. It would be that's what the be the remake of it. The devil times five. Fuck yeah. Sign
1: me up. Mm-hmm. Sign me up. Um. Uh, again, political commentary. The the dog trauma technically, but he, he at the same time, deserved it. He was a villain dog. I know, and that's what cracked me up this time because we haven't recently watched Cub. Which has some horrible dog violence, and we abhor that. He wasn't a villain dog. He was not a villain dog. He was dog. a
0: villain dog. Technically. It's different if it's a villain dog. And it was funny, because like, when fucking the dog went down the slide, I laughed so hard.
1: I laughed a lot in this movie. Me too. And I Way pre-
0: more than I remember.
1: That's just it. I didn't remember this movie being as funny as it was. It's gen- the genuine belly laughs. And I think this is much like Chaka. That underappreciated, underseen craven—that mm-hmm. people always forget—he put this out because it's not associated with Freddy. Yeah, it's not associated with Scream. It's not associated with any of his '70s work.
0: It's his one and done. Some it's of in his, between.
1: Some of his one and dones are fucking great, like Shocker. Shocker. I loved watching this movie. Mm-hmm. It was I was I was totally, I forgotten how they got out of the how out of the the, the house. I forgot all of that. It was. I was entranced. I was so invested in the story. It was incredible. Um, it just all came about, and at the very end, the comeuppance. Yes. Oh, a wonderful comeuppance. Oh, and this sad story of everything with, of,
0: of how everything goes. Oh on, my God. Got to give it up to Fool because not only did he get out, he's he went back. He went back to fuck him up.
1: He's a ba- an underappreciated horror icon. Mm-hmm. Fool. No, I am so glad. We were craving some craven, yeah. Because this one, goddamn, did it it hit the spot, yeah. Except for the (sighs) buckshot. Yeah, goddamn it. Again, having also not too long ago watched Twin Peaks for the first time, the fact that they are you know playing the couple in Twin Peaks, it just further makes me appreciate this movie more and more. And ever McGill. From Silver Bullet to just anything he's in. He's always creepy. Even yeah.
0: when he's not supposed to be creepy, no. he's fucking creepy. He, he is- always looks like he's mid-transformation.
1: <laughs> like, instead of he how, ba, <laughs> He's just like...
0: Christ. But he's uh, always creepy. And he's always good. He's always good as the bad person. He's a great bad guy.
1: He's one of those people that shows up, you're always in good hands. But I'm telling you, when she comes out and screams,
0: Kaka! Dude, I died laughing died i was like because <laughs> you don't hear that you don't hear caca very often
1: no only when you're watching gremlins. gremlins right no i'm glad we rewatched this now heading over to freddy's dead the final nightmare why oh! <laughs> <laughs> doing the freddy way too many times here apparently mm-hmm. this was kind of the death knell of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. Self-inflicted death now. Well, I mean, you go back to the very first year of Into the Mouth of March Madness, what movie won it? Right, it was Nightmare. Dream Warriors, baby. Yeah,
0: Dream Warriors.
1: <laughs> Which leads us to this particular screening, and now I did not see this in the theater. Oh, I did. did uh, you? 3D experience and everything, it was fucking dope. Was it enjoyable? Yeah, it
0: was. Did you enjoy it in the theater? Yes, I did. How did it work this time? Not as well. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> no, I did I remember enjoying some of it in the theater but thinking like man I was nowhere near as cool as like even fucking 5. Dreamtime. You know, cuz like but I will give it this. I remember enjoying it but also being like eh, yeah, that's on my lower level of the franchise. And I'm sure this is somebody's favorite, guaranteed. And I but I got to give it credit there's a lot of good mean kills even when he's goofy like when he's fucking with carlos that was mean but it was funny but it was mean
1: the the whole carlos set piece between the friggin the q-tip which to this day still puts me off
0: that happened to me so like one god (laughs) so one time when i was little i had a q-tip in my ear right and i was like Talking and I fell down and I land and I hit the bed with a Q-tip ear and it went uh, and it punctured my eardrum uh. and so they had to go in we had to get to the doctor and they had to like get tweezers and pop it out so that's why sometimes I'm like
1: huh 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 oh, that I awful. talk loud that's because I can hardly hear so yeah. Bonus points for directed by Rachel Talalay, mm-hmm. who had a long-running relationship with the the franchise as a producer. Also, she directed Tank Girl, which I think is kind of underrated. I Tank Girl dope. I do enjoy this, but um, what shocked me though, shocker, <laughs> and maybe it was because of the fact that I you know recently watched People Under Stairs with folks from Twin Peaks. Is there some very Twin Peaks esque, like with the carnival scene, that? Was disturbingly goofy,
0: and I think that kind of stuff. See, here's the thing it, the, the kills were mean, and mm-hmm. I really like the Marshall Bell reference, the towel snap <laughs> the towel and when snap. he's playing the video games. Right when we get into the meat of like Freddy's shenanigans, like mm-hmm. almost towards like the middle and back half, but it just seemed that that whole like weird town was two Twin Peakians for me, yeah. And it even started with that like whole weird, um, uh, escape from New York vibe at the beginning. The year is 1994, 10 years, and all the wow. people are crazy. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. I know it's Freddy and like Dream Logic and shit, yeah. but I don't get it. And then with the stunt casting of like Roseanne and Tom Arnold, it took me out. Did it? Instead of enhancing, and I don't remember it even taking me out at the theater. I
1: was just about to ask, did I was, was assume maybe at that time it would have been like, hey, it's Frozen. we was just like, oh, really? Now the Alice Cooper one was cool. It that still was, is. Well, yeah, because well, he's not playing Alice Cooper. He's right. playing some dirty, dangy dude.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. But but the kill the. Until the kills got goofy, like the whole fucking um, uh, Wizard of Oz thing, I was like, eh, that's silly. Yeah. And when you tell the cartoon and he's pushing the uh, bed of nails, he looks in the camera. <gasps> and I was like, dude, you've gone too far with the comedy. And then meanwhile, it gets really mean. And when he's mean in this movie, he's good. It's great. But yeah. when he's And even the, the demons and the lore was interesting. It, it's just...
1: Well, we just talked about two films, third, three movies in. This is the sixth film in, mm-hmm. and they're still kind of expanding the mythology, But even though the intent was technically to kill them off. The yeah. intent was this was going to be technically your final Freddy Krueger flick, which, eh, what was the 3D like back in the day? It was cool. Was it? I thought it was neat,
0: because they gave you the glasses they and t- everything.
1: Even in the movie, they tell you, put Rub them on. It on. And
0: you're like, okay, right? But my fucking dumbass wore them the whole time, and, and then halfway through, I was like, oh, oh. Okay, right? And so then I watched the movie, and then I'm like, oh, no, I put them on. So, like, because I was excited to have my popcorn. I'm like, this movie's going to be in 3D, all 3D, like Jaws 3D, like Friday the 13th 3D. Eh, 3D? You know, if a movie's in 3D, it's all in 3D. Not now, but on your special glasses. And I was like, that was a weird MacGuffin that was unnecessary. And I, they should have, like. Thought well, maybe pretty soon they won't be on 3D, they'll be on TV. So, right. what are we gonna do?
1: You know, <laughs> yeah. I, Yafet Koto, I freaking love him. He was great from within this movie. Brecken Meyer was good
0: in this movie, Lisa Zane's Lisa good Zane was good in this movie, fucking Robert England was good in this mm-hmm. movie. Everybody was good in this movie. The it main just, characters were great in this movie, it's just the
1: goofiness around everybody the was
0: just the tone was off, even for a Freddy movie.
1: No, that's fair. That's fair. Well, again, six films in, the death knell, and let's talk about the death of Freddy. (laughs) Technically, taking him out. Kids. (laughs) (laughs) Made me kind of laugh. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. But a pipe bomb, technically. It just, it seemed not uninspired, but, I mean, six films in, what do you do? Right. And then, you know, Lisa at the Vin, Freddy's dead. And then, Kind of the greatest hits. Freddy's dead, right? Even had the
0: dog pissing. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, why are you showing the best of to remind people that that ain't that that ain't this? You know, so like, actually, yeah,
1: I would have preferred a Cannonball Run esque. where too. He's slapping people with the glove. <laughs> Oops! Oops! <laughs> oh, 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 oh,
0: Wrong glove.
1: <laughs> and these, then these fucking bleeds.
0: <laughs> no, he's the doctor. He's like, <laughs> right and. The- <laughs> oh, everybody, sunshine! Right?
1: <laughs> Sad we didn't get Wes Craven's Cannonball Run remake. See, that would have been a cooler ep- That would have been the end of Freddy, you know? Yeah. Well, the end of Freddy, it was. Well, or was it? No. It turns out there was more life to that. But only one of these films can advance into the next round. So, between People Under the Stairs and Freddy, De- Freddy's Dead, the Final Nightmare, which two? Which of the two is closer to your heart?
0: Ninety-nine percent of the time, I'm gonna vote for a. Something cool and original versus like eight movies in, right? Because diminishing returns and all that. And this is no exception. I got to go with people under the stairs. Rewatching this cemented how good of this movie is mm-hmm. and how I can watch it again. Mm-hmm. And I think it's still going to hold relevance. It's still going to be great fun. And... I can't say the same thing about Freddy's Dead. I can't... It's like I'm not going to... I will definitely watch people more than I'll watch Freddy's
1: Dead. That's so. fair. That's fair. I'm also kind of in that same camp. Um, this viewing of Freddy's Dead, there were points that I did appreciate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's still a good movie. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. But I had so much more fun watching people under the stairs. Um, didn't see any of these in the theater, but did see them on VHS soon afterwards, and... Didn't understand people at the time. Really liked Freddy's Dead. But now, just the nostalgia itself, it totally works on people under the stairs. But, of the two, which of them had you craven some Craven?
0: Dude, again, like Shocker, this is underseen, underrated, yep. um, pure Craven. This is just him, hey, let's have some fun in a gimp suit. And just <laughs> like, and we get people under the stairs. Yep. And we're all better for it. Horror is better for it. So I gotta go with people on
1: this one, and I'm gonna say the sa- almost the exact same answer. Actually, in fact, in my notes, it's listen. When you get original Craven, you do get shocker, you get red eye, yeah. which is a really good one. That red eye's dope too, and and I appreciate everything that he did for you know horror in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. But it's just that had me craving more of his original content more so than what he did with Freddy and all of that. So yeah, absolutely. And by a count of four to zero making its way into the round of the Scream 16. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord, oh, Lord. Which leads us to our final bracket topic of 1991. We have gumshoes and tentacles. <laughs> you know somewhere we're going to get squiddly diddly in this bracket. One way or the other, its way. One finds way or the its other. Way much like the old ones find their way into our universe, as does Squidly Diddly. Mm-hmm. And we have two films from 1991 that definitely have a little bit of Lovecraft in them. We're talking Cast the Deadly Spell and The Resurrected. Mm-hmm. Genius, which of the two do we talk first? Let's do Resurrected.
0: This was, I've never fucking heard of this movie. <laughs> and the reason, the only reason why we wanted it on the bracket is because we needed something to go against Cast the Deadly Spell. And when we were looking up this movie, we were like, Oh, Lovecraft. it's Lovecraft. It's about a detective. Well, perfect. Okay, let's do it. I am so fucking glad we saw this movie. It was it was a shit watch, but I want to watch it again.
1: And it should be noted, I think the essence of Into the Mouth of March Madness are those first-time viewings of sometime movies that we're familiar with and those ones that we had no idea existed. Martin. Mar- oh, Martin, eaten alive. Uh, and include now The Resurrected. Yeah. I also legitimately was pinching myself once the movie started and I'm like, oh, Dan O'Bannon, Chris Chris (laughs) Randon. Damone from Fast Times. Right? Throughout the film, now it, it should be noted in all transparency here, we watched it through daily motion. Which is a shit way to watch movies. And what was supposed to be about an hour and a half film took me about two and a half hours. At least. At fucking least. However, as we both just described- There's a Blu-ray that I'm going to be ordering because I need to see it again because the sum of the parts really added up to me. Mm -hmm. The Chris Sarandon performance. Yes. But specifically and effectively, the practical effects and the what we unsaw throughout this film.
0: Oh, man. There's this weird looming sense of dread throughout, and you don't know where it's going to go. You know there's Lovecraftian tones in it because from the get, it's got like, well, I'm going to head down to Dunwich and blah, blah, blah. Right? And you're like, okay, you know, there's some ill shit. But when you see the Mm. ill shit, Mm. you're like, what the fuck? That is crazy good. That is crazy what I would think
1: pre-Cthulhu Cthulhu shit would look like. It's supposed to be asymmetric. It just doesn't look. An
0: abomination. Just this (laughs) abomination. And there's multiple abominations. This would be a great double feature with The Void.
1: I I was thinking that as well, and that's what actually kind of stood out to me, and throughout the entirety, especially with Chris Sarandon, giving a great, almost like a double performance in many Creepily. ways.
0: Reapily. He was like Prince Humperdinck to the max.
1: Yeah, Prince Humperdinck, inspired by the old ones, for yeah. the most part. Like, Iocane powder means nothing to Cthulhu. <laughs> exactly. Seriously. Yeah. Um, The Private Eye edge i i actually didn't realize that going in so that was the biggest surprise for me Because yeah. that to me was like oh are you kidding right uh, how did and what's crazy is the fact that we're both big dan o'bannon fans mm-hmm. and this slipped under both our radars which is not too surprising because technically it's very easy yeah to go to the imdb but and at just, the
0: same time we've we've dedicated episodes to dan o'bannon so course. like you know
1: <laughs> so it's always nice not only number one to find something in their filmography. But then also to find it, it's actually good and Mm -hmm. holds up and makes us want to desire to see it again. Because, yeah, yeah, my viewing experience was not optimal at the least. Mm -mm. But the bits and pieces that I got, the connective tissue, much like a mad doctor, you know, summoning, it worked totally.
0: And especially because it had that 90s detective vibe. It had like almost like a moonlighting-esque vibe at the beginning you know what i'm saying yeah but then it turns really fucking dark really fucking quick and it it becomes almost action adventure horror
1: yeah well it it did have an element of that as well and
0: that was cool because it just shifted genres into something unique when i could like not have to wait for two subaru ads you know and so like but at the same time it, it it was it was it was great But I don't think it was prime Bannon. You know, I think there might be like, I don't know why there's reasons, but there's why it's so unheard
1: of. That's just it. That's just it. I'm curious how many people out there are probably going, are you kidding me? It's my favorite or It's my favorite Sarandon. Right. You are the ones that are behind, which is totally true.
0: Which is 100% true.
1: But it's now in the rotation, though.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's
1: the gold there. So final thoughts really quickly on The Resurrected.
0: I thought it was cool. I thought all the actors did extremely well and i really liked the main guy he was despicable at times but just he reminded me of mo from uh the stuff just kind <laughs> of like charming and a little bit sleazy but smart yeah just needs a little bit mo yeah just need a little bit mo ask always ask for mo and I, I really dug that i liked this movie a lot
1: well i liked it as well but let me tell you something that i absolutely loved and if you had come up to me and said greg have you seen cast a deadly spell mm-hmm. i would have said yes with 100% certainty, I had seen it. But last year, re-watching it, I realized I watched it for the first time last year. No shit. Because I was lucky enough to have HBO, and this was an HBO production, and it was heavily, heavily promoted on HBO. It was, I, was a free
0: weekend. That's I, how I
1: saw it. And I saw bits and pieces of it, but for some reason or another, I never saw it front to back. And let me just tell you, as much as I love, like really like the Resurrected. Holy smokes, I loved, loved cast a deadly spell, be it clancy brown's pencil thin mustache (laughs) I (laughs) know. be it fred ward be it julianne moore be it little gremlins that i forgot existed in this movie be it david warner in your movie be it a unicorn this movie had so much and then some Mm -hmm. that makes me really wish it had i know it does have a sequel but i've heard you should stay away from it but it makes me want to go back and invest in that world right exactly oh my god oh my god Do you remember your initial interaction with it hbo free weekend (laughs) i was stoked because before that i knew of this movie
0: it was in like one of the old fangos back in the day they had like the gremlins and some of the and they had a picture of the werewolf yes yep and fred
1: ward standing right next to him yes and that
0: is one of the those are some of the images that i cut out to make um a clock that I got accused of being Satanist for.
1: I, rem- You have to go way back in our catalog. I remember you t- telling us about that. Yeah, I put
0: the Wolfman and I put the Gremlin over the six, right? And Chucky was over the ten. And just like, yeah, and I got in trouble for it. I was so hyped for this movie because... It says, yeah, it's a detective with werewolves and vampires. And I'm like, yep. fuck, sweet, right? Because I like detective movies. I like those old, like, gumshoe 40s movies. Yeah. And because those noir movies have style. They have some sort of, like, panache to them that, like, no other movie has except this one. So when you can incorporate that world mm-hmm. with vampires and monsters of the Necronomicon and just the elder gods and, again great job on the special effects
1: oh they were the
0: monsters they were fun yeah. and menacing the gargoyle was cool I love the gargoyle the elder one was fucking cool that was very cool I mean it was like this uh, like practical effect weird uh forced perspective mm-hmm. thing but the story was engaging
1: Ranger Bob as your heavy number two
0: yeah it was I it was, again going hey
1: it's that person hey it's that guy uh-huh.
0: Unfortunately, like the noir movies, that did have a lot of like transphobia and uh, misogyny. Uh, 1991, but another time. Another place. And then even going back, 1941, yeah. another time. Another, another place. Another place. But they nailed that feel so well. The yeah. blending of the two with organized crime mobsters mm-hmm. and, and, magic. and fucking warlocks and magic. And the fact that Harry Lovecraft is the only one that doesn't use magic. And it's awesome. All, it's just these little Easter eggs, like he worked at the Dunwich Club, mm-hmm. and they went to the Arkham Hotel, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, the dame works at the Arkham Hotel, I'm, you don't say pally, 23's gonna and then they like teleport and shit. The death by paper cuts, the, zo- so cool. the fucking Haitian zombies, uh, Old school. and the fact that they they, they use him as labor, It everything that they did about this movie makes sense it, it feels lived in. It does. It feels like okay, if this was true, if we did live in a world of monsters and magic, this, is this seems like the natural progression. Yep. Zombies would be slave labor. Yep. We would worry have to worry about gremlins and WWII. You know what I'm saying? We would have to worry about ruins and curses from uh mobsters. Mm-hmm. Selling black market bones mm-hmm. and shit. I mean that it makes sense and it's cool. It is it's cool. It's a world that I want to not only go back to but fucking live in. It's slick.
1: Well, while we're doing the love fest here, let's go ahead and, and fucking
0: Fred Ward, <laughs> fucking tre- uh, Remo Williams and Tremors. Yeah. come on, Fred no. Ward is the shit.
1: Let's let's go ahead. Let's let's continue the gushing here because only one can one of these movies can advance. So of the two, Genius McGee cast a deadly spell the resurrected which what the two is closer to your heart
0: i gotta go with cast a deadly spell for the simple fact is it's steeped in like my history you know like on my path to like horror dumb it 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 provided one of my soon to be known oh there's a lot of people who don't like horror Mm -hmm. okay so that being said an old favorite i love that old movie but i got mad love for the resurrected that's one that i want to go back to see but i got to give my vote for cast a deadly spell but the resurrected put up a fucking great fight with me
1: yeah it did yeah it did and if it weren't for the fact that because i was pummeled into submission with all the advertisements on hbo back in the day the fact that somehow i didn't see the movie yet i kind of knew all of the movie. That nostalgia hitting and connecting and making those connections was just so beyond wonderful that I definitely have to put my vote in for casted a Deadly Spell. Now, that being said, from the heart to the head, the bracket topic is gum, shoes, and tentacles. Mm -hmm. Make your own interpretation. Which of the two is more gum, shoe, and tentacles?
0: They were both good detective stories. Mm -hmm. Both uh, actors portrayed good detectives. But when I think of a detective movie, I think of the 40s. And when you have a detective named lovecraft you know you're gonna get some tentacle action there somewhere so yeah i gotta go with cast a deadly spell on this one
1: my vote also goes with cast a deadly spell and i think we're showing a little bias here but i do think that because of the contemporary setting i think doesn't hurt the resurrected but in comparison with the style that cast a deadly spell puts itself in Pinpoint actors. It, it really is. And the fact that even his tie gets some play in the movie, <laughs> which I absolutely love. And by a score of four to zero, making its way into the round of the scream sixteen is Cast a Deadly Spell. Ooh,
0: the resurrected got sacrificed.
1: Which means our uh the matchups here in the Round of the Scream 16, we have Silence of the Lambs going up against Critters 3. Would you kill more crits? I And we have people under the stairs going up against Cast a Deadly Spell. And I got nothing for that one. That's a, that's, that's going to be, that's a hard,
0: that's going to be a hard
1: one. Holy shit. Our apologies to everyone that you're going to be listening to here on Friday. We do have a couple of podcasts coming in to see which of these films will be representing 1991 in the round of the Frightful Four. Now we've got them lined up, but they're not recorded yet. So we're, right, we're we not going to be. We're not throwing it out. In the, <laughs> just, we're not just, jinxing just. it in the world. So, but uh, you'll find out who that is this Friday. So until that time, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee, and we'll see you in your dreams. <laughs>